Today on Sagittarian Matters, vegan yak attack author Jackie Sobin gets horrified by one of Nicole's favorite snacks. Then we talk about wraps, veganism, your listener questions, and more. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. What's the Jackie Sobin is a food photographer, a blogger, and the author of several vegan cookbooks, Vegan Bowl Attack, Vegan Yak Attack on the Go, and most recently, Vegan Yak Attack's Plant-Based Meal Prep. We, in the Splendid Sagittarian Kitchen, prepared her smoky sweet potato soup from the new meal prep book, and it was a delight. Jackie joined me via telephone to discuss wraps, the worst food for vegan meal prep, your listener questions about veganism, and more. Now, please enjoy my food talk with... Vegan Yak Attacks, Jackie Sobin. Hi, Jackie and Nicole. I'm so bored of grain bowls and salads, but also so lazy. What is the easiest (laughs) thing this person can make for a vegan preparation, a vegan meal prep? I mean, I hate to to really just talk about this some more, but <laughs> wraps. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, grain bowls, th- there are a couple, like, derivative recipes like that in my book, but that's what I didn't want it to be uh, as a whole. Like, I'm like, no, I'm not trying to be, like, a gym-oriented meal prep type of book. So, um, you Honestly, like I, I, oh, there's okay. There's a lemon chickpea. I'm like, I'm so excited that I just thought about this. So, and someone made it today. Um, lemon chickpea rosemary pasta casserole. Uh, and you don't pre cook the pasta or anything. You literally just dump everything into the dish. You do saute the vegetables first. You don't want like raw carrots and stuff. So, you saute veggies, season throw it in a dish, put it in the pasta, and you do like this blender cashew base and dump that and you just leave it in the oven. And what I love about that is that you can like kind of work on some other things while that's happening. Um, but man, don't underestimate the power of a pasta casserole. I hadn't made one in, I can't tell you how long. Like I eat pasta all the time, but an actual casserole, I was like, mm. and then I made it and I was so impressed with myself. <laughs> It's like every Midwestern mom is so stoked right now on on my casserole prowess. Um, but that was super, super good. So something like that where because I, I was like, no, I don't want to have to boil the pasta first. Like the whining like to myself. Like, no, that's stupid. I don't want to do that. Um, uh, well, it's inconvenient. I just don't like dirtying too many dishes if I don't have to. Uh, that pasta casserole was super good. And I think that one's the five serving one. Um and then, of course, it's pretty customizable if you want to switch some flavors around. But that, the wraps, um, and I mean, and sometimes, so by choice, when I'm, if I'm just cooking because I need to eat something, a salad is not what I default to. But every time I make a salad, I'm so glad that I did. Because then I'm like, wow, this is delicious. All these raw ingredients are good. How come I'm so scared of making a salad for myself? Um uh, or not scared, but it, for what I, there's like this block, like you were talking about, where because it's your option at a restaurant, you're like, mm, 
No, I don't really want a salad. Um, but there's a uh, jackfruit salad in there. And jackfruit is hit or miss, in my opinion. And there are times when I very much don't like it. Uh, this is like gets it really dry and the seasoning is really good on it. And then it has the cilantro dressing that is like we're talking about those sauces and stuff. Where you could put this on anything and it would be edible. Um, just make a solid sauce and then throw stuff. Like I know you're sick of grain bowls this person, but throw that on pretty much anything. Just a really awesome sauce. That's not something you had before probably. And it'll give you a variety of things. Oh my God. I think that's perfect. This person wants to know, let's see, how do you change it up when you get stuck eating the same foods over and over and over? I say pick some weird vegetables that you are not familiar with and roast them. Sure. God willing, they're roastable. Yeah. And and that was the thing is um, when I, like I mentioned with the CA box, that's really what drove me to be more inventive with my food like when I was learning how to cook and stuff um because that's what it was is I was actually I was working full-time I was buying lean cuisines all the time because this is before I was vegan I was like these meals are expensive for what they are and they're not that good I should probably learn how to cook more just hamburger helper for myself um which I think is probably also why I didn't do a, a pasta casserole for a long time because I ate a lot of hamburger helper growing up. It was too close uh, to so home. I was like, mm, I'm good. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, oh my gosh, I totally lost my train of thought on that one. But uh, your CSA was so helpful. Oh, so the CSA, yeah. So that's what it was. Gosh, I'm like, woo. Uh, so the CSA, because it was the stuff that I didn't know what it was. Like even the sweet potatoes, I hadn't cooked with sweet potatoes before. Something that like now I'm like, oh, that's obvious, um, which is kind of funny because I really hadn't done any of that. So yeah, go to your farmer's market um, if you have one that's local to you or maybe try a different store. Like I love shopping at uh, any kind of Asian or international market or Indian market. And I'm I'm fortunate that even though I moved out of Southern California where there's literally every single one of those times like a million, um, even in Vegas, there's a diverse uh, number of, like grocery stores and stuff. And even where I live, there's a Cardenas. So maybe go in there, see if there's like a vegetable or something that you're unfamiliar with, grab it or go while you're there, whatever recipe and um, see what the suggestions are. Cause it might tell you to make maybe like, uh, you know, a chili verde or something. And you're like, Oh, I've never had that. Um, but it, they are super easy to make in my opinion, uh, depending on, you know, how labor intensive you want to get, but basically blend up a sauce and then saute some stuff and you have this awesome soup. So yeah, just try some new ingredients, like you said, and, and Google those recipes, um, you know, to try them out first. Uh, that's why recipe blogs are helpful. Like books are awesome because, like even with, like I said, I have recipe testers that I hire and like, it's a whole other level of like, oh, somebody's really paying for this. Like this is the extra work that goes into it. Um, and I don't put up recipes that aren't quality on my blog. I know some people, it's, you know, it's hit or miss. Taste is subjective anyway. But yeah, it's easy to find recipes online now of of any new ingredient that you may find. So just seek something out that you don't know and try it. Yeah, I want to piggyback on your CSA thing. I got really into salad rolls, which is one of my favorite foods, like a Thai slash Vietnamese salad roll made at home. Oh, sure. It makes me feel enraged when I see how expensive they are out in the world. 
because I would yeah. get a CSA and I would have so much lettuce. And I just like you, I have like a mental block against making salads for no good reason. Mm-hmm. It seems hard. It's yeah. too much. If I don't make the exact right amount, it'll be soggy if I try mm-hmm. to save it. But so I started making salad rolls and just chucking. And that's a great way to shred, get through some lettuce, shred through mm-hmm. some lettuce. Um, so that stands for community supported agriculture. It doesn't have to be expensive. Yeah. It used mm-hmm. to be that you had to pay up front. And that was cost prohibitive for some people. I have one now. I pay twenty two fifty every other week. And oh, okay. I go and I pick up a little tiny box of vegetables. And sometimes it's things that I know. Sometimes it's things that I wouldn't have bought. And it's fun and it's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. And I feel like typically they're organic. Um, if that's something that, you know, any of your listeners are concerned about. I know mine was. Um, and there's even one out here where the farm is in Pahrump. So it's like over the mountains. It's probably 45 minutes away um, that I am probably going to start doing soon. It's just a little hard for what I'm doing because when I'm like, oh, I just need to be writing certain types of recipes and stuff. Uh, I don't like having the extra things. But it is maybe just like, you know, a smaller order. Like what I would do then was, okay, oh, now I have this kohlrabi. Like what is this? Like, oh what is this spaceship-looking vegetable? What do I do with this? Um, but that is what pushed me to try so many foods. And I was like, I have never eaten so well in my life as when I first went vegan. I, now I just eat great. But, uh, you know, I was like, what is that food that I've been missing out on? Um, so, yeah, CSAs are awesome if, if that person has the option. Today's episode is brought to you by Lily Withicombe. Hannah Harding, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, Christy Herod, Jill Soloway, and Mary Pinson. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, especially producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $10, $5 million, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That's hornet like the insect, leg like its appendage at gmail. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast producer ponyo looks forward to it too don't be scared that's just ponyo's voice i have a couple more questions from listeners one is do you have any tips for people who are having a hard time making the switch to veganism Ooh, i mean so for me when i went vegan like I said, part of it was that I was cooking for myself. That's that's kind of what happened. Um, so when I was working full time as a as a product designer, and when I was in product design school, we were taught about sustainable design, and that stuck with me. And uh, it really, when I learned the environmental impact of like agriculture practices, is is what the first catalyst was for me. Um, and so that in mind, I was like, you know. I actually had a moment at Jack in the Box with my boyfriend where he had ordered this uh, breakfast bowl along whatever sandwich he had gotten. And I finished mine and he opens up the lid and this thing looks straight up nuclear. Like it is so weird looking. And he told me, Jackie, don't eat that. And I was like, wow, that's wild because you'll pretty much eat anything that is maybe not the best quality of food. Um, and in my head in that moment, I went, you know, I think this is when I, I'm vegetarian now. And I didn't really say it out loud or anything. You kind of had to figure that out like eventually. Um, cause this is the same boyfriend. Uh, let's see, this was, uh, I don't know, nine years ago. Uh, 
almost 10 years ago. So, um, you know, going into that, I was like, okay, vegetarian, like I said, I stopped buying dairy uh, for home. And that for me actually wasn't that hard. I love cheese. Like I ate all the quesadillas, whatever. Uh, and that this was when I went vegan is right when Daya came out. Like the first, this was like, whoa, this is brand new, this product, whatever. Um, so I am like BD, or I should say AD after Daya, uh, <laughs> vegan. And because um, everything before then is like a, a crapshoot um, uh, in terms of vegan cheeses. But anyway, so going into that, okay, cool. And I tell people, you know, give up dairy first. Like it for some people, it's going to be hard mentally. But for me, I was like, okay, you know, take like the meat and whatever out because like that upset me, like having information like that. Um, so like kind of hold myself accountable. Uh, it wasn't until later on that animals and even like farm workers and things like that, like that kind of stuff is what really fuels my veganism now. But then I was like, all right, if I think about what my impact is for every decision that I have without making yourself feel too guilty, but like, it has to be there. Like you can't think about it as just a diet because yeah, I I tried to follow a couple of diets and it usually doesn't work out that well because you're like, Oh, now I'll step back from being on my diet. Um, But be easy on yourself. Like I, I don't, pressure people too much and like please you know even if you start with three days a week and it's every other day or something like that and take like really take inventory of how you're feeling because i know even like my parents aren't vegan but i would feed my mom vegan food all the time and she noticed how much better she was feeling and that's just that's not like high raw or something it's not like this this wildly healthy quote unquote food just kind of like healthier border like baseline it's going to be a little bit healthier um so just do it at your own pace don't make yourself feel guilty if you slip up or if you have like your craving or whatever um and and work into it as you can and it's going to be a learning thing and i mean i know nicole you've been vegan forever uh my uh, yeah i guess nine years is coming up and um you know it's a constant learning process so i feel like just read about stuff Try to stay informed because that information that I learn still is what keeps me vegan. It is like, oh, okay, here's some more information that shows that this is beneficial in this way. Like I like facts and science about things. So for my brain, that's what works. Um, maybe just figure out what facts are motivating to you. Um, and I feel like that's what's gonna keep people vegan that are going. But as you're going vegan, yeah, just definitely take your own pace. Yeah. And learning how to cook, getting some books by people you trust, mm-hmm. following their blogs, yeah. it's a great way to make you feel empowered. Because if you mm-hmm. again, like if you try to go to a restaurant you've been going to as an omnivore, and then you just are all of a sudden like, do you have anything vegan? You might end up feeling very disempowered <laughs> in that moment because the waiter, <laughs> waitress, wait person might not understand what you're saying or will... I find that people are like, vegans, if I'm going to a place that's not vegan sometimes. And so you have, you, you have an adventure ahead of you to find different places that do have things that you Mm -hmm. can eat that are satisfying and fun. Um, you know, like, I feel like I've gone around the bend where now I don't mind having to like get the punishment idea of just ordering sides somewhere so that I can engage in the social interaction that's happening around eating. 
But if I was right. having that experience as someone that had just turned vegan, I would feel very sad for myself. Yeah, you get sad and you get like a little resentful. You feel excluded. And then, I mean, and I feel like uh, what a lot of people say is generally their experience is, oh, it's the social aspect that's the hardest uh, in terms of pressure from friends, just shit talking or, you know, anything like that. So um, I definitely feel like now it's a lot easier. Like it's, it's more in the public eye. I mean, with fast food, having it be available and stuff and like using the actual names for things. Um, it is more known, but I do still call eating out at non-vegan restaurants, vegan fear factor. Cause you're <laughs> basically like, here's this information that I have, please don't lie to me and feed me something that's not vegan. And it happens still. Um, so it, yeah, and that's definitely not anything you want to beat yourself up about is like, if somebody feeds you that on accident, that's not on you, just move on and everything's fine. Um, it, but yeah, that, yeah. At this point, if I'm going somewhere that I know is going to be sketchy, like literally a, my, my friend's child was having a graduation party at a steakhouse and I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I was like, I'm going to go cause it's important that this person's having this once in a lifetime thing that I am in town for, yeah. I'm going to front load. I'm going to prepare <laughs> to eat something that brings me joy before I get there and yes. have my steamed spinach with no, with no right. oil on it. Like in a pregame. Yeah. <laughs> I do a strong yeah. pregame. If I, if I'm somewhere where people just like don't know what the fuck, or if I'm going to like a party where I'm like, probably it's going to be like a crudite. Mm -hmm. I just can't yeah. do that. So I'll either front load or I'll do something afterwards. Yeah, sure, sure. And then like with weddings, because some of those are a little mm -hmm. bit lengthy, I'll do like a couple cliff bars or something, like <laughs> just as a backup. Like you're like, I hope that there's chips and salsa yeah, at a party or whatever. Uh, and even then, sometimes you're like, why is this guacamole have dairy in it? Like, do you think you're my mom? Like my mom <laughs> makes guacamole. Like now she uses vegan sour cream in it. But it's like, that doesn't go in there. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, there are surprises, but there's so many um, resources, like for restaurant stuff. Like I, I have an app that's about, you know, what vegan options are in fast food menus or whatever, which is great for traveling. Um, so just if you have a question, literally ask the Internet because there's probably an answer already and um, and just read labels also. Yeah, a lot, a lot of labels. Jackie, I want to know if there is any food that you found out the hard way or just that you know for some reason does not does not keep does not keep well. Have you had any food failures in your recipe testing or is there anything that you're just like I just want people to know if they're starting out with meal planning, this thing is not going to be appetizing on day 4 or on day 2. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. I, I don't want that one knows this because not everyone does. And honestly, like I'm a person that will eat soggy nachos like as leftovers. Um, cause I, <laughs> I can't even give you a reason why I'm just okay with it. Um, but anything avocado based basically, um, unless there is an appropriate amount of citrus, if it's like a dressing, for example, or guacamole, um, I will keep for a couple of days and it'll be fine. I'll just be a little ugly, but it'll still taste the same. But if you don't have enough lemon or lime juice, uh, with your avocado, like just keep it as a whole avocado and cut it right before you're about to eat it. Like bring your whole dish with you that you've already prepped and then just bring 
a half avocado with you because otherwise it just is not good. And especially if it's supposed to be a warm dish that you re- like reheat, warm avocado is not where it's at. And and I know that there's avocado tacos and stuff like the fried and there's only been one dish where I was like, okay with it being hot avocado. And it was actually the avo and chips at Mohawk Bend. Mm. Um, I don't mind that. Like it had enough breading and it was crisp enough. It wasn't like this soggy, warm. I don't want to like, I'm kind of grossing myself out. It's right like now. a slimer. It's hot avocado. <laughs> Like, don't reheat the avocado. Just bring the avocado with you wherever you're going. If it's possible, just bring the avocado with you because that's not going to last and it's going to be weird. I don't advise this. I kind of have a hard time unless it's unless it's like a couple very particular kinds of tempeh. I have a hard time getting excited to eat tempeh later as leftovers unless it's gone through an entirely new cooking cycle because there's something it kind of dries up sometimes in the fridge. And and the only ones that I found that I like later are ones that are just deeply saturated and or have been fried with so much oil that they're just still going to be oily and salty later, no matter what. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I I don't think in any of my tempeh recipes, I have it where you don't steam it or I like I call it steaming, but you just simmer it in Mm. liquid, a veggie broth, whatever, because that is so important for tempeh like you, you're like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna shortcut this and not do this step no don't do that simmer the tempeh it's one of my favorite vegan proteins truly like it really is um and especially if i find it at a restaurant i'm like what like mm-hmm. this restaurant has tempeh even vegan restaurants i'm like how come you don't have tempeh i want tempeh <laughs> so simmer it first but yeah like you said if you don't do that then it is even worse when you're trying to get it as a leftover because it somehow ended up more bitter like uh, how does it happen i don't know but um yeah you definitely have to have a good amount of flavor on the tempeh to have it last and be good as a leftover um usually i think like in my second book there's a tempeh mushroom gravy Mm. where like that is the protein of the recipe so it's like a really thick gravy and that because it's in everything is good like you're like, oh, it's kind of ground in there. It's whatever. It's it's yeah. But if you just have these chunks of tempeh that aren't, well, you have to like overdo it basically to have it be better later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of get that like yeah. weird bitter bitterness from it. Like a barbecue tempeh is okay afterward, but there's something that's like it's so magical the night you make it. You're like, this is the best mm-hmm. food in the world. And sometimes mm-hmm. the next day, yeah. I'm just like, oh, it's you. So I have to. <laughs> But something I really like also is like a a curry sauce with tempeh that's been kind of st- steamed and simmered in it or steamed or like fried. And then when you add that to it later, it just is a nice, mm. moist kind of thing. I really like it. If you have an advice question for Sagittarian Matters, call or text our advice hotline 971-361-9998. Leave a message. We might answer your question on the air, and we promise not to answer the phone. That is a Sagittarian promise that you can take all the way to the bank. When you were working in an office job or when you have a road trip or something, what Mm -hmm. is your standby that you personally are like, this is what I want to eat over and over again? Oh, um, I feel like burritos and wraps 
Um, I know people have strong opinions about wraps in terms of like, oh, that's a wannabe burrito, which yes, it is, but it's still tasty. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, it's a handheld food that you can put anything you want inside of basically. So um, I feel like those, when I was writing this book even, and then I have days where I was just editing photos or something. Um, so I wasn't cooking anymore. And then I just be able to like go into the fridge and grab a wrap or a burrito like, this is killer. I love this. I was like, wow, meal prep's great. <laughs> um, sorry. Sorry. It was, it was kind of funny that I was doing a little bit of learning uh, in this process, but then I was like, I should probably do this for myself regularly. Um, Cause even though I write recipes for a living. And so that's why I haven't had to do meal prep for so long. There are literal weeks where I will. Oh, okay. I, like I'm the sweet eats columnist for veg news. Right. So for example, for their holiday issue, I'm usually writing like two dessert recipes or something like that. Okay. Now I have a cake, like a huge two layer cake, which my boyfriend's probably not going to have any of. And I have this fudge, for example. So this is one of the years and I'm like, okay, this is the food I have for the week and I don't want it to go to waste. So I'm going to give some to friends, but I really need some food that's not desserts. Um, so yeah, wraps, I feel like are so convenient when I, when I first went vegan and was working full time, stir fries and sautés were where I was at. Um, and some of these dishes are basically like glorified versions of those of just, uh, here's a little bit more to make it, uh, you know, a couple steps above your, your simple stir fry or, or, uh, sauté. Well, I think also guiding people through making sauces. I feel like that's like if you teach a man to fish, like people can do oh, anything. They could do anything yeah. and then they could just have these sauces or this sauce knowledge base in their head. Yeah. And then you can throw whatever you want in it. Yeah, I totally agree. I am a, I am a sauce and condiment person. Um, like I'm a huge fan. I, rec- I recently got back into wraps in the past five years or so by ha- the joy of adding pickled vegetables to a wrap with some kind of tahini or like hummusy situation and then whatever else goes in there. And I was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. it's a whole new angle. Yeah. It's great. It's like I, for being vegan and someone that cooks as a job, there are days where I'm like, did I eat that many vegetables today? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Uh, And I feel like a wrap is really cool. I just, it's all in here and then I just grab it and it's, it's mostly raw stuff, like depending on what you're making, you know, so the prep time is usually not anything wild or like too inconvenient. Um, and even uh, it's been a while because I don't I don't buy collard greens that often unless I'm like really set on using them for something. But I actually love it when you wrap it with that like Kitty does, um, you know, wrap it with that. And then in my case, wrap it with a tortilla, not just rice paper or whatever. But and then you're like, oh this is actually totally fine eating raw collards like this because that's not usually okay. <laughs> Just chewing out some raw collards is not what I'm about. But in a wrap like that, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I got some more vegetables in here, which I try to sneak them into whatever I'm eating for the most part. Well, that's good of you for yourself. I feel like that's good, like self-parenting. Sometimes. Yeah. I, I, yes. And then there are the days where, and I think I maybe mentioned this in the book, where I have peanut butter pretzels, which are one of my favorite snacks. Um and I will have a handful of that for like maybe uh, two handfuls for lunch. Like that's a thing where I'm like, mm, no, cooking is not happening today. Uh, peanut butter pretzels it is. <laughs> and I'm like, Jackie. <laughs> well, 
Well, it's nice that you your body will let you keep fun- functioning after having peanut. Your body's like, all right, this will do. This works. It kind of is. Yeah, it kind of is. And then like my third cup of coffee that day, it's it's usually like a whole package for that day. If that's what's happening, it's a, it's a mood for lack of a better term. But uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. But there are the days where I'm making mac and cheese and I'm like, but I think I have peas in the freezer. So I'm just going to add those in. And whatever random stuff I can find to like try and, and oomph this up a little bit with actual nutritional things. Um, I horrified many of my friends are still scarred by hearing about me doing this. And I haven't done it for a long time. But when I was doing a residency in Vermont, I would eat peanut butter and jelly on a collard. I would make like a wrap with peanut butter and jelly in a collard instead of bread. And my friends are disgusted oh and horrified. They're like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> I Okay. Just a lot to unpack. Level 11 vegan on a collard. (laughs) Okay. And that was actually good? I mean, I liked it. Like, this will do. Well, I grew up with a with an equally horrifying snack that was normalized in my household, which was peanut butter inside a piece of raw cabbage that was rolled up and fed to me as a child. And I thought that that was like a normal thing. And then I grew up and everybody, I, nobody I told had ever heard of that or thought it sounded good. And I don't know if I even recommend it. I'm not even recommending it necessarily. <laughs> I'm beside myself because I'm picturing it and I can't actually picture myself eating that. Um, okay. I have, a, I, can, I have a mental exercise that can help you see it a little bit, but without the jelly, which is like, okay. if you just think about like a Thai peanut sauce just dialed back so like okay you know like okay like if you had a t- if it's just a peanut butter okay 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 then, that thank you for that you're welcome that bridges it a little bit okay yeah the jelly though <laughs> the jelly's just rogue that's just like a <laughs> <laughs> yeah you need some fruit <laughs> oh my god that's amazing natural pairing um <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Okay, what kind of jelly, though, also? I can't remember. I just remember, I kind of only remember it because I told a friend who likes to remind me all the time and because I drew myself eating it. But I can't remember what kind of jelly. I mean, maybe a, just like a dark berry kind of, or maybe a mar- maybe a marmalade. Okay. Like a marmalade, like kind oh. of like a, a really, um like, what is, what's, what's in it, the peel? Like a very kind of, Peely yeah. marmalade. Just, just <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> I'm a jelly or jam. Like, I'm, you know, I like preserves and stuff. Uh, I don't like grape jelly at all, though. Oh. I can do marmalade. It just really depends on how bitter it is. Oh, well, I got a little bit inspired, I think, after watching Paddington to go for marmalade. He made it seem so cute. Okay. And really appealing. I just, I'm, a peer pressure of the bear really got me there. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hi, Nicole and Ponyo. Thanks so much for last week's episode. 
I wanted to also add to the discussion about voodoo donuts and wanted to also say that calling a place voodoo donuts is cultural appropriation. Voodoo is a religion, but the donut place was started by two white guys in Portland, Oregon. So let's get our vegan donuts elsewhere. Thanks so much. Bye.